Colin, I got a movie pitch about your favorite superhero. All right, finally. We're going to conclude a trilogy uh, with a bloated movie uh, uh, with too many villains and hey. a romance that goes awry. Uh, well, hold on. Well, Greg, Greg, like, first of all, A, we've already done that podcast. That was, we did Spider-Man 3. And B, my favorite hero is not Spider-Man, it's Batman. Oh, Colin, you're going to have so many notes. Welcome to I Have Some Notes. This is the movie podcast where we specialize in fixing bloated movie trilogy ending superhero sagas. We fix them up, shine them up, and make them better. We are part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB Financial. My name is Colin McIntyre. I'm Greg Beaver. I'm Scott C. Bourgeois. Uh, and uh, what is uh, going to be probably a, a really fun episode, because we have uh, like... 400 uh, notes from listeners uh, we are doing <laughs> for a movie that is so acclaimed yes a lot of people had opinions about it I, I don't think we've done a movie that has made a this much money which is like over a billion dollars B was pretty well received back when it came out in 2012 uh, and C everyone hates it apparently it's the Dark Knight Rises this is the uh, the uh, the the wrap up of the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy. Came out in 2012. Stars uh, obviously Christian Bale as Batman. Uh, you've got Anne Hathaway is introduced as Catwoman, although she's never mentioned as Catwoman. Uh, you've got uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. You've got uh, I have some notes. Fan favorite Tom Hardy actually in the film. Woo! Uh, all foot, all five foot nine of him acting or pretending to be a character that is supposed to be like seven feet tall. Whatevs. <laughs> close enough. <laughs> they do a really good job of making him look like he's yeah, really he did, he huge. Did, he did get, he put on a lot of muscle for this role. Uh, Gary Oldman, Michael Caine, uh, Morgan Freeman, uh, Mirren uh, Cotlard. Uh, the movie uh, made, uh, had a budget of $250 million. It made $1 billion at the box office. $1.085 billion. Uh, and it's actually technically until the next Batman movie comes out, starring uh, Robert Pattinson. Oh, right. Uh, so the noir it, it, one. It, it, w- it will be, uh, so it's actually the highest grossing Batman movie. Uh, and it was DC's highest grossing movie until Aquaman finally th- came out. I think we can all agree that the Robert Pattinson Batman is going to do gangbusters at the box office. Yeah. Because it's going to be a mix between people who really want to see him Batman and people who really don't, but are going to go see it anyway Absolutely. just to complain about it. And it's going to do gangbusters at the box office. Yeah. How about I, the- just want, I just want Batman to sparkle a little bit. <laughs> he will. This is the first time that they got a dude who played a vampire to play Batman. And I think that's really smart casting. Mm-hmm. It seems natural. Before we get into uh, the, uh, the I Have Some Notes plot summary, uh, let's uh, kick it up to the trailer. Let's give it a listen. You are as precious to me as you were to your own mother and father. I swore to them that I would protect you, and I haven't. The mayor's gonna dump him in the spring. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. But he's a hero, a war hero. This is peacetime. You think this can last? There's a storm coming, Mr. Wayne. better batten down the hatches because when it hits you're all gonna 
them is ashes. You have my permission to die. Eight years after taking the fall for Harvey Dent's death, Bruce Wayne has traded in his bat wings for the secluded shell of the hermit crab. Alfred spends most of his days trying to coax Bruce from his room only to hear shouts of, I'm Bat Crab, from the other side. Meanwhile, a former member of the League of Shadows, Bane, has made a stronghold of Gotham's sewers. From there, he and his shadowy leaguey friends plot to destroy Batman and lay siege to his beloved Gotham. But look out, Bane, because Bruce has become the Dark Knight once more, and now you're in for- Oh God, he broke his back! Oh God! Oh, yikes! Oh, well, as, uh, as soon as Bruce gets a new spine, your long siege of Gotham is coming to an end. Does anyone know where Bruce can score some Robaxa set? Like, like a lot of Robaxa set. <laughs> Maybe that's what they were chanting in the in the pit. There was a, yeah, I that, can never. That I was can... that was the the Moroccan word for Robaxa set. Yeah, there. I always thought I understood what they were what they were chanting. Like, I know it's not in a language I know, but like I thought I kind of understood it. And then like it cuts to an old man say, like chanting it, but he seems to be chanting something different. Yeah. <laughs> He's just the one guy going, boo worms. <laughs> you're going to die. Boo, you're not going to make it. Everyone else is like, you can do it. <laughs> like, nope, nope. Uh, this was, uh, so I'm going to just, uh, we, we kind of mentioned this off the top of that. I'm, I'm a huge Bat fan. This is like, uh, if you look at anything, any paper around me, you'll probably see a Batman doodle on it somewhere. Yeah. Um, so this is, this is a weird movie for me because it's, because it's obviously, you know, tailing off the end of the of like the best Batman movies, other than Lego Batman, which, which is, is up, a pretty solid, which Batman is a, movie. probably might be the best one. <laughs> now, that I, now that I've been rewatching it with the with my with my toddler, I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah, but um, yeah, like I yeah, there's there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot. There's so many things going on in this movie. Uh, general thoughts about the movie, Greg Beaver. Mm, I I generally I like it um, for the most part. I like there's a lot. Uh, it's I just I th- maybe I just enjoy Chris Nolan's movie making style and that just sort of supersedes everything else but there's lots of little great little moments in this movie uh, uh, Bane to me is a good villain he's uh, he's great. Tom Hardy made some uh, some really interesting choices and for me they really paid off I thought he was kind of he was spooky and weird and it, and it really worked for me um, I, I you know there's uh there's structural problems with the movie and there's like there's like probably um two or three too many plot points <laughs> like really? like like I, I i genuinely don't like um watching after i've already seen the origin tale having to watch like essentially another one um everyone um, let alone two in the same movie yeah a lot of people point to spider-man 2 uh, the Raimi one as one of the the best uh, superhero movies, and and I agree that that movie is good. But one thing that always bugs me about it is like in that movie you have to watch uh, Peter Parker become Spider Man again because he loses his powers. And I was like, I already watched that. It was the last movie. 
I want <laughs> I want to see him do Spidey things now, and and it's the same thing with with Batman. Like I just didn't I didn't want to have to watch it one, another time, but I actually had to watch it twice yeah. in this film, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's the, one of the chief things that bothers me about it. The other thing that I kind of noticed in this rewatch was how often um, people were saying stuff off screen. That happened a lot. Like, it actually felt like it was rare when someone was actually speaking on screen and you can see their mouth. And that to me sort of, it, uh, it felt like a, um, a consequence of how much was going on, the, on in the film and they really just needed to like keep everything moving along and, yeah. and had to get their dialogue in no matter what they were cutting to and you know when they're just doing cutaways and things like that they're just someone was always talking always talking yeah nope that's fair yeah scott uh this is a really joyless movie <laughs> um like it's hard to rewatch because it is not fun to watch and yeah. I, I think that is surprising because Batman Begins and The Dark Knight are both fun to watch. And while The Dark Knight also has some structural problems and some gaping plot holes, uh, that's covered mostly by the fact that you've got Heath Ledger doing one of his most charismatic performances. And you've got the fact that the Joker doesn't need to make sense no. to be on screen. Whereas here, the plot doesn't really make sense, but it's ki- it kind of has to. Bane's plot needs to work, and whereas when the Joker's doesn't, and no offense to Tom Hardy, he just doesn't have Heath Ledger's charisma, and so it the movie just fails to hook me the way that the previous two did. I will also add that Greg is absolutely correct that there are about six too many subplots running through this movie, <laughs> yes. and you can just like ditch most of it and and hone in on like the important thread in this movie, and I think that you get a leaner and better movie out of it. I think I think you make a good point where you talk about um like the this this whole universe and I think one of the reasons this 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 franchise took off is because they and uh is because they tried to Nolan tried to kind of really ground Batman in reality like so even in the first movie they're talking like all of the little doodads on his costume, they have a purpose. They and they kind of explain it. This is why the spikes are on the arm. This is why why his suit looks like it does. So so they so they try to ground it and they kind of do everything really seriously. So when he, by the time you get to this movie, and all of a sudden these weird little silly things start to pop up that don't really make any sense and they just sort of just kind of randomly happen, they stick out a lot. I find just because you're used to seeing everything else kind of taken with it's still everything's still still done, still done with it's the same craft and care as nolan does yeah but it's just like like for me one of the part that sticks out like a like a sore thumb is the part where uh uh selena kyle is is cornering one of the bad guys the bad guy billionaire like daggett or daggett or whatever his name is and she's like where is the clean slate and he's like oh the clean slate the, and he just starts to espouse what the clean slate. It's that thing that uh, erases you from all the police database. Some kind, of, and he just says it. But he does it, not jokingly. It's like a serious sort of exposition, and it's like, that's not really weird. So, yeah, like I find like there's there's all, all when you have all those those things started to creep up in the Dark Knight, and I used to love the Dark Knight. And I've watched it so many times that now those things start to bug me a little bit. The shines I, come off it a bit. Yeah, and so now with this one as well, it's like, yeah, like yeah, like Batman Dark Knight comes back again and again, 
And he's almost seems like he's bored. It's like he's like bo- Batman's boring to watch in this movie which, because he's bored of being Batman. Yeah, in this which movie. is which is which for me I think to me it's that's the biggest problem is that this should be this should be the capper on Bruce Wayne's arc, right? And mm-hmm. it's like this should be this should I'm I'm ha- I'm kind of happy where the where the final movie where it ends at the very very end, but how you get there where it's sort of like okay this is now this is his arc is being Batman this is. We've, you know, this is the goodbye to him in the suit or whatever. It's just like, it, yeah, A, it's not fun. B, we start out with him not being Batman. So it's like, okay, what's, what are we doing here? Yeah, then there's just, there's just, yeah, way too much. I, I mentioned to Greg when he walked in the door. I'm like, how many movies can we think of where there's not one MacGuffin in the stupid bomb? And then there's two because like, okay, we're looking for the clean slate. Yeah. Bruce Wayne's fingerprints. Uh, they're trying to find the trigger man sort of maybe that was a weird yeah like yeah the, one of the one of the people is the is the trigger man yeah and it, I get like I like there was no there was no sort of satisfying sort of re- I guess like uh, Talia al Ghul was supposed to be the satisfying reveal of that yeah but it didn't it was like oh really and then yeah but you only <laughs> get like three three minutes with that news yeah. too, and then she's dead yeah it's like yep. okay what was the point of that? Yeah, and their their sort of romance between Bruce Wayne and and um, what was her not name? Oh, Moira, uh, Moira or whatever it was. Yeah, uh, she it um, oh. it didn't work for me. Like it felt it felt too rushed, and so her Miranda Tate. Sorry, Miranda her Tate. her betrayal I don't think lands particularly well. Yeah, and if they didn't have Catwoman, uh, maybe they could have spent more time on Miranda Tate. And if they didn't have Miranda Tate, they could have spent more time there on Catwoman. <laughs> I feel it's, it, this is this in this particular case, it's uh, the it's an example of two subplots that are running concurrently that are both trying to take up the same space. Yeah, and they both end up suffering because of it. Yeah, because yeah. you've got two romantic interests who are both running their own agendas, and yeah. they're just it doesn't work. There's I, it's too it's too much i feel i feel like by the time we get into what our changes are we're each going to have different different versions of this movie and cutting different people uh might be what um you greg already mentioned kind of what you liked about the movie uh scott what did you like about the movie um i mean there are good moments in the movie um there are some interesting performance choices from tom hardy i'll grant that and um whereas the first time i watched it i thought it was weird i kind of agree with Something Greg and Colin said before we started uh, recording, wherein, like, the one thing people remember about this movie is Tom Hardy's performance as Bane. Yeah. More than anything else. Yeah. And it was because of those bold choices he made. And I kind of agree with that. Like, take a chance. Sure, why not? Yeah. And see where it lands. And in this case, it's the thing people remember about this movie. So, I mean, kudos. Yeah. Tom Hardy has not met a role that he couldn't make a weird voice. Yeah. <laughs> um, you oh, were, yeah that's true, yeah. You were correct that the movie is composed very well like from a from a cinematological perspective it's it's well crafted it's put together very well it's directed very well um it's just again i I feel like the real issue is that it's got a really bloated script and it's trying to cram too much into its already incredibly long yeah uh runtime and it's just really joyless. It's not fun. It's yeah, not what, a fun movie to what watch. What is the runtime on this baby again? Because it's, it does it's it does feel like re- it's it's like it's really long, and yet it still feels like it can't uh, completely. Yeah, hundred and sixty five <laughs> minutes. Yeah, know? and and yet it's bursting at the seams. Yeah, yeah. Despite the fact that it is 
very long. I feel like I feel like there there you could actually justifiably um, like would you guys split this into two movies? Goodness no. <laughs> I'd okay. I'd well, carve off a huge portion <laughs> of it and throw it in the garbage. Is what I'd do. Yeah. Especially it, if you want this to be the capper to your trilogy, right? Like yeah. you can't. You can't trilogy of four. Boop, boop. Mm-hmm. Okay, but yeah. I suppose you could, but yeah. I mean, does everybody want to come back for a fourth movie? Yeah. Well, I guess that well, I'm sure the studios would love it. Oh yeah. yeah. But does Christian Bale want to come back in Batman again? That's that's a question. And I hey. mean, you're not you're not recasting Batman to do the fourth movie in this series. No, but I mean, they usually when they do that, they shoot it back to back, right? So fair like, enough. You know, that's fair point. I, I'm willing to bet they probably left enough on the cutting room floor. They could have probably. Almost done another movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, that would be do, my do guess. That, do anyway. do the the Anchorman thing where they cut out so much they actually just made another separate movie and just kind of <laughs> quietly released that. Yeah, quietly so, released an inferior movie made up of the scraps of the first. Yeah, one. basically. <laughs> Can I talk about something that kind of bugged me about That's, um, just the the, yes. the plot in general? This is the point of the podcast. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the okay, so the Dark Knight ends with um, Batman making a choice to essentially be the villain. Yes. Right. And he's going, he's going to do that for Gotham kind of thing. So he kind of sacrifices his, 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 his name, I suppose, uh, for the city. Yeah. So now the, uh, police are after him because they think he's a murderer Mm -hmm. and we, we start the movie off and it's like eight years later and all that stuff is essentially blown over. And uh, mostly because the implication that he's just hasn't been Batmaning since then. That 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 eight years it is probably that bothers me to no end because I feel like that's way too long a time to take place for all that stuff. Like for like because they they keep referencing they they keep mentioning a couple times how it's like in that in that first like half hour of the movie it's been eight years it's been eight years it's been eight years they mention it like four or five times, but if you if you cut out if you would cut those out. You would have been like, okay, is this like a year since like Harvey Dent died or what? Like, I feel like that eight years is too long. I I feel like there can be a gap of a few years, but I agree that eight years seems like too long. Yeah, I feel like, and the only reason I say that is I feel like, like, if if you think of this moment within this universe is like, this is like a big, this is a a big event with that happens within this universe of, of, you know, of everything with the Joker did and what Harvey Dent did. And now, you know, oh, hey, it's Batman's actually killed all these people. And, but then they're talking about like the mayor is still the mayor eight years later. Yeah. He's like seeking reelection. How long are those that, terms? Yeah, yeah, exactly, right. <laughs> and like the commissioner Gordon's gonna be dumped in in like the in the spring or whatever it is. Um, like, yeah, I've always felt like that really kind of that's way too long. I think it was just to me the 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 Dark Knight set up a really interesting premise that we didn't really get to see, like Batman having to try and Batman. Whilst the police are, I've yeah, got, after I've him got good news about one of my changes. <laughs> me, me, me too. I, I think we're on the same wavelength about that. Um, and I, and I also think that because you've 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 stretched out the time between movies so much, but this movie still wants everything of the past movie to be fresh. Which yes, is weird, right? Yeah. Because you you want to keep talking about Harvey Dent. Um, you want. Um, the death of Rachel to be still really fresh, but yet it's eight years yeah, later, and like so, it doesn't. I think it plays better to me if like if uh, if uh, if 
Rachel has just died like a, a year or two ago or whatever. Yeah, I feel I feel like one, two at the max is where I would put it. It's but, also weird that the Joker never gets brought up. Like I understand that the original plan was that he probably would have figured into the plot, and then Heath Ledger died. Yeah, but it's weird that he is literally never brought up. The from what I read today, that was a, that was an editorial choice, and that was basically uh, from what I read. Christopher Nolan felt that sort of like didn't feel it would be right or proper because to I, kind of to kind of honor his memory. But I'll agree. I disagree. I, actually, I, I think, actually think you should have had some sort of reference to yeah what hap just happened, right? Yeah. No, I I absolutely agree with that. I yeah. think. Um, like I, on the one hand, from a cerebral perspective, I can understand wanting to let that stand and just distancing yourself from it in respect to the actor. Yeah. But I feel like it hurts the integrity of the story. Yeah. And I kind of believe that Heath Ledger would have been okay with them name dropping the character. It might've been for the integrity of the story. Yeah. It might've been personal for Chris Nolan. He he would have worked with them. Right. And and that's fair. I'm, I'm. I'm just saying that it, it strikes me as a weird... Oh, it, it's noticeable by its omission. Mm-hmm. It draws attention to it. It's, it's, and it's strange, too, when you think about the movies as a group because you have... The, you know, the first movie is all about Batman and the League of Shadows. The second movie makes no mention of the League of Shadows at all, but introduces the Joker. And then the third movie makes no mention of the Joker, but now we're back to the League of Shadows. And yet Scarecrow is just all over the place. Yeah, and Scare- <laughs> just Scarecrow just keeps <laughs> popping up. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a weird trilogy because the the aesthetic of Batman Begins is actually quite different than the aesthetic of uh, of the Dark Knight, and uh, and the Dark Knight Rises again like it almost feels like each each successive uh, movie gets a little bit more realistic and gritty, you know, like the um, as it uh, the first one is is more much more superhero ish. Yeah. Find. You've got yeah. you've, you've got you've got the you've got the bomb on the train that yeah. goes to the building that where everything runs through or <laughs> yeah, something yeah. like that. So it's sort of and certainly like Gotham itself gets much less Gothamy <laughs> as we go. Yeah, by the, by the end, true. it's like this is just Pittsburgh now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that's true. Um, I know you were probably. I think we're gonna disagree on this. Um, um, but Catwoman. Like, what do we think of Catwoman? I think Anne Hathaway is quite good in the role. Um, I think she has an interesting role to play in the story, and I feel like she was underserved by having too much other business going on in the movie. Yeah, um, I find I found the 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 parts where she's kind of Michelle Pfeiffering it to be less appealing to me. Um, I don't know; it just didn't. Didn't necessarily work a whole lot for me, where she's being like, like all coy and 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 somewhat sexy about it. You know, like it's some, it just didn't. It just didn't. I didn't love it. I loved it when she was when she was just being Anne Hathaway. It was much better for me. I like the, I like the plot trajectory of having her start out as a morally ambiguous adversary. And then Batman having to turn to her for help in the third act. Mm-hmm. Um, that's yeah. that's a good way to utilize Catwoman in a Batman story. And that was a smart way to use her. Again, I feel like she could have been used better. Yeah. And again, it's because there was too much plot going on and <laughs> she didn't get a chance to Catwoman enough. Yeah. But if she had the chance to Catwoman more, I think it would have been better, at least for that subplot. Yeah. If you wanted to keep that subplot. Yeah. I'm I'm surprised and uh, and I don't really under know why this is, but I mean I mean I feel like um, 
that she's largely been forgotten as like as being sort of like I feel like I feel like there's lots of other actors that are sort of you know rightly or wrongly they become tied to you know to uh, you know a superhero role or like a role in these movies. Um, and from what I was reading, like she she was super excited to get this. Like this was a big get for her. Uh, but I and I kind of feel like yeah, like she was she was good. She was fine. I enjoyed her in the movie. I think she. I'll disagree with Greg. I kind of liked it when she was sort of vamping it up because I feel like that's kind of. And again, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna push up my glasses and, and talk about the comics a little bit. But that's kind of what how that relationship between Batman and Catwoman is is that yeah. it's, that they have a they have a relationship um, when they're in costume, and then there's depending on what stories you read, there's a relationship between Batman and Selina Kyle or Bruce Wayne and Selina Kyle as well. So right. you have these you have these kind of dueling relationships. Um, so I like that, but I feel like just like like. I you, you never see and especially because like you see all all of the, the hype and hoopla over Harley Quinn and you if you open up your Instagram and see you know costumes everywhere, but like she's I feel like people think of when they say uh, Catwoman movie you're gonna automatically jump to Michelle Pfeiffer and not Anne Hathaway and I'm kind of or Halle Berry let's, let's okay or Halle, or, Berry or, or, Halle, or Halle Berry yeah no you're absolutely right yeah though. I think Michelle Pfeiffer she's not is kind of the some... iconic. Yeah, Catwoman actress. Yeah, uh, much more so than Anne Hathaway. Yeah, but would you argue that Jack Nicholson or Heath Ledger is the more iconic? Oh, Joker? See, but I say I think that's where you set up the who's your favorite captain argument, right? It's <laughs> fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, but I guess, but I guess what I, I guess my my wonder is is why why that is why why is there no no Anne Hathaway is a better Catwoman? It's just like oh yeah, she did it. Yeah, she was there. But and it's not like she was bad. She's just like eh. and again, I I feel like she was. I keep coming back to this point, but I think it's true. She was underserved by the script. She okay. didn't get a chance to Catwoman enough. It's true. And so she didn't really get the opportunity to stretch her legs and put her stamp on it. Yeah. The way that Heath Ledger got a chance to own the Joker in the previous movie. Yeah. She only really commits one or two crimes. I yeah. Think. Well, true. and like be. even even Bane has more of an opportunity to Bane in this movie than Catwoman has a chance to Catwoman. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's why he's the more memorable villain. Yeah. That's why he's the more memorable villain in this movie. Yeah. Uh, because Talia is underserved by her plot. Because yes. she's just the M. Night Shyamalan twist. Yeah. By the way. And, and Catwoman's just kind of there. Yeah. Like, she, she plays a role, but you could cut her out of the movie and not lose much movie. Yeah. Now, I'm going to suggest, just because... Um, our listeners wrote novels. <laughs> oh yeah, this. there's lots that we we cut it off short here, and we get to our changes. We've we've got a lot of, sure. uh, of notes to get through in the second half. Good idea. Let's let's do that. We'll be back in a, a couple in a second or two. Invest your money, not your time. If you have dreams, you need investments. With ATB Prosper, you can invest online in minutes. You'll spend more time in line to order coffee that way. Then, live your life while prosper, and some smart behind-the-scenes investment folks grow your money. Get started at atbprosper.com, where I was born to it. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast. Okay, okay. Ah, sorry. Oh, I don't know what happened there. You had a little something stuck in your throat. <laughs> Does anyone have a cough drop? Not you, Bane. I, too, have a weird voice. <laughs> does, does everyone have a weird voice in this Affectations movie? are one of the things that you learn in the League of Shadows. <laughs> League of Shadows is just a weird theater school. That's, that's, 
Um, I feel like uh, we're all we're all eager to to make to to give to to fix this movie to throw our notes to make our changes. And I my my bat sense, spidey sense, tells me we're all gonna carve this up, but we all have different versions of it. So let's go. Which well, who wants to go first? I'm gonna right, go first. Scott, Scott oh. wants to go first. Go okay. ahead, Scott. Um, because we. I, f- I feel like we still might be able to come to a, a refined whole here. I think so. so. I'm going to start with my big thing, which is we need to focus up on Bane. Okay. And that means potentially losing the League of Shadows and potentially losing Catwoman. But what? I think no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm open to bringing either of them <laughs> okay, back. Okay. No, I'm but gonna... this is just my pitch is that we need to focus up on Bane. Okay. I think you start out, first of all, it's only been a couple of years since Harvey Dent's death. Yeah. Batman is still Batmaning, but okay. it's much harder for him to Batman now because the police are on the tail of Batman as well as fighting organized crime. Yeah. But you also have you still keep the thread where they're touting the the Dent Act and how it's increased police powers, it's given them the ability to crack down on organized crime. Organized crime just isn't a thing in Gotham anymore. And the police yeah are really adamant that they don't need a vigilante running around because of that, which is why maybe the movie starts with them doubling down on trying to catch the Batman. Like, this is the year. We're going to bring the Batman to justice. He's been out there too long, breaking the law. Yeah, It's time to bring him down. And then you kind of set up that first act uh, conflict between Gotham PD and Batman. Okay. And you've got Bane kind of in the shadows. And Bane is trying to make a move to bring organized crime back to Gotham. He's not working to destroy Gotham, but he is planning to rule Gotham from okay. the underworld. And he knows he needs to get rid of Batman to do it. And that's what kind of you you lead up to is the confrontation between Bane maneuvering himself by manipulating the police into a position where he can break Batman. Okay. And then Batman's out of the picture and then quickly Gotham falls to pieces. It turns out the Dent Act wasn't worth the paper it was printed on. Batman really has been the guy who's been keeping it all together all this time. Okay. And with him out of the picture, Bane and his goons just start running roughshod over the city. And Gotham PD can't do anything about it. And they realize they need Batman. And there's kind of the arc Gotham is going through. Them realizing, oh, the har- our false idol Harvey Dent wasn't actually what was protecting us. It really was the Dark Knight all along. Okay. And we do need him. Okay. Meantime, you've got Batman learning how to Batman again. But only once now, because he was Batmaning <laughs> at the beginning. Yes. And now he just needs to recover from his injury so that he can go after Bane. Yeah. I'm kind of thinking that if you want Bane to be an organized crime guy, you bring back his Venom. And we kind of were discussing this a little during the break. You don't need to give him superpowers if you're trying to keep it grounded. But you can still say that it... it jacks a guy up it gives him the edge he needs to be able to beat batman yeah and i think when you're building up to the third act confrontation with bane as well you don't need all the business with the nuclear bomb you don't need all the business with the league of shadows you just need batman trying to figure out a way to beat a guy who seems to be unbeatable yeah and if that's disrupting the venom trade so that bane is vulnerable or him figuring out some new gadget to use against him which is very batman-y batman needs to outsmart the guy that's how you beat Bane. You can't beat him by punching him because his superpowers being unpunchable. Yeah. Um, you you beat Bane by outsmarting him. And I think that that's where Batman needs to come back to this. He doesn't need to lead an army of police officers against the League of Shadows. Yes. He needs to find a way to scare and beat Bane. 
and save the day and earn the public trust again. I think that's the the end goal for this movie. I don't think he needs to necessarily retire from Batmaning either. He could, maybe, but part of the tragedy of Batman is the work is never done, right? Yeah. And I mean, I suppose that's kind of played with here in that he does leave the mantle to Joseph Gordon-Levitt yeah. so that he can go on Batmaning in his stead. The Batman lives even if Bruce Wayne yeah. dies. But, I mean, part of the tragedy of Bruce Wayne is that the job is never done, right? Yes. Also, we can lose the the whole thing with Joseph Gordon-Levitt and the whole thing with the Gotham Police Department uh, being trapped underground. That's dumb. That's <laughs> yeah. dumb and it's stupid and it's stupid and yeah. it's dumb. Um, so yeah, that's that. That's my starting point pitch for you guys. Is let's focus up on Bane. Let's build off of that, and let's get a through line that doesn't necessarily involve the League of Shadows because just it bloats the movie. It makes it too complicated, and we don't really need the third act twist. Oh, Talia Al Ghul has been here the whole time. I want to keep Joseph Gordon Levitt. Fine. Okay. <laughs> Sell me on. It. Okay. Well, um, can he actually- at least be named Dick Grayson? He sure can. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was the, the the ending is where he's like, "I'll your middle name's better or whatever." Or no, is, is it is his, his, full, his, yeah, his real first name is Robin? And I was like, "Okay." Oh, yeah, I think yeah. I, literally, I think when I was watching it, the audience groaned at that moment. Yeah, and that was in a first run viewing oh, of the that's movie. That's not good. Yeah, but to yeah. be honest, most of my changes involved the beginning of the film because, like I said in the in the in the first half, I I, I dislike him. Uh, being an old decrepit Batman that can't do anything. And I don't think that it necessarily uh, works for what Christopher Nolan was trying to do. The big thing about Batman in this movie is that um, he th- they make a big deal of him basically wanting to die. Yeah. Like, he's, he's, he's just, uh, you know, he's, his life is, is essentially over as far as he's concerned because uh, Rachel died, right? Kind of, yeah. And and as I mentioned in the first half, like it'd be a lot, it'd be a lot um, better if it, that was fresher. If if if, if um, Rachel had died only a couple of years ago, um, Batman is still trying to to Batman, um, but it he's getting. Um, He's just kind of, uh, I don't know if it, if it works better if he's overzealous or if he's getting sick of it, or or, or maybe um, because the Dent Act is working is is uh, is working so well, um, Batman is continuing to go out there and put himself in in more dangerous in more dangerous spots, even though it's not really necessary, okay. right? So he had so you get a sense of like he's got kind of this death wish and and then when he does finally meet Bane he's kind of going into it rather irresponsibly so the that um when he when his back is broken and he and he and he has to recover that's sort of like his you know his his turning his, point it's his death and rebirth effectively yeah you know and he he comes as close to death as he probably could and realizes oh actually i do want to live yeah yeah and he anyway he and and if we keep the rest of the the plot elements sort of the same where he ends up in the lazarus pit and and he's watching gotham crumble underneath the the boot of bane then he he kind of you know sort of realizes what it is that he still has to live for 
I, I want to make Batman interesting because we sort of touched on in the first half that like Batman is kind of the least interesting character of this trilogy. <laughs> well, he's definitely you know? the least the least interesting. He's he's the the one hundred percent focal point in the first one. Yeah, he shares the movie with the Joker in the second one. Joker slash Harvey Dent, but in this one, yeah, he's almost like a supporting player in his own movie. Yeah. Which is really weird. And he's, yeah, and I would argue he's the, out of everyone, he's the least interesting out of everybody. Yeah. Um, I, I like that a lot, actually. And I think that there's a way to merge it with what I was pitching. Because if the first act is him versus Gotham PD with Bane maneuvering the two sides against each other in the background you can really sell that Batmaning has become a chore for him. Like, he feels obligated to do it, but he's being ground down by being stuck in the middle between the forces of order and the forces of chaos. Mm. Um, because the bad guys are after him and the good guys are after him. Yeah. But he still feels compelled to go out and help the good guys. And it's becoming harder, and it's grinding him down, and without, um, without his human connections that he lost in the previous movie yeah. with only Alfred there who he's maybe still kind of pushing away in this movie because he is starting to have a death wish like he's tired of it but he feels like he can't stop he feels like someone has to stop him I, I like the I like the idea that he's just continually pushing himself um, almost out of grief right yeah like it's so fresh that he just like he's just he's putting like like a, 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 maybe to marry it with the with the the Gotham PD being after him like he he puts himself in bad in a bad spot with the Gotham PD like he, you know he's he's out crime fighting and then he doesn't he doesn't really leave the scene when he should and he's like he's basically seeming like he wants to take on the Gotham PD just cuz like he's just you know he's he's so he's so uh, ready to just you know to end it all kind of thing that he's that he's putting himself what in a we, terrible position What if I'm going to I'm going to throw in a suggestion to you was what if so what if we what if we sort of just maybe tweak it a little bit so that so I like I like how we're starting with like he's still Batmaning in the start, um, you know everything's every, everything sucks for him. He's fighting the cops and stuff like that. But what if what if we tweak it so that maybe he's sort of a victim of his own hubris because he's almost a victim of his own kind of hubris or humility in this where he's like I can I'll just find that extra level to beat Bane. So maybe he's maybe maybe Alfred's still pushing like Hey man. The police hate you. Everyone thinks Batman's a villain now. No one likes you. There's really not that much for you to do. Maybe hang it up. Go go to that cafe in Italy they talked about. And he's like, no, I can't do it. And then he's like, okay, no, I'm just going to take down this one guy that's certain sounding like he's being a bit of a threat. And that'll be it. I'm done. And then he goes up against Bane thinking like, well, I'm Batman. I can beat him. And that's when he gets smashed and crashed or something along those lines. Yeah. In this sense, you could you could probably add back add Catwoman back in because she could be um, the uh, one of the people that Batman is chasing so relentlessly, or whatever. But but um, because um, you kind of establish this sort of idea that they've been chasing her, he's been chasing her around for years, maybe even before the Joker ever came along, and. Uh, and and she ends up being sort of like the the through line for him for him coming back sort of like there we can kind of make her some sort of tether somehow i feel like if you want to do that and i i like that you almost have to have her help him become batman again 
Mm-hmm. Not just show up, not just get called up in the third act to help him out. I think yeah. that, like, maybe she has been enjoying the, pardon the turn of phrase, the cat and mouse game, the bat and mouse game yeah. <laughs> that uh, they've been playing over the years. And yeah, he is, he's after her as much as Gotham PD is after him. And when Bane shows up, like, number one, that upends the criminal uh, underworld of Gotham, what's left of it at that juncture. And that kind of puts her in a bad place. And also, like, the city needs Batman. Even she is aware of that. And so maybe she's there to help him recover rather than some rando in a pit. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I, have a, I have kind of an idea that that may spin that on its head just as a, a scotch but like hey, Greg, I'm, I'm here for Greg, Greg just I just heard um, the the Gru light bulb from uh, <laughs> well what, if, what if she enjoys the cat and mouse game so so much that she she basically puts Batman right in front of Bane because she finds that she found it entertaining to do so. Like I look what look, you know, like, like I just, I just led you to Bane. Like, and then, and she basically like in the movie, she watches him, watches Bane break his back. Right. And then she's, she's just like, Oh fuck. <laughs> well, I did not mean to do that. No. You know, that kind of thing. So, so there's like, a little bit of guilt there. Yeah. And that, that gives her character a lot, uh, uh, you know, much more interesting dynamic where, where, um, she, you know, you know, maybe in a weird way, she kind of, she kind of loves Batman. It's sort of like the same thing with Joker, right? Like the the Joker uh, needs Batman, and and she's sort of a, a very similar. Well, because it's it's no fun robbing from the social mucky mucks in Gotham if yeah. Batman's not there to try to stop. Yeah, him. and she's like, she basically it's a game term. She puts, yeah, she puts, yeah, exactly. She puts uh, him in front of Bane because it's part of, all part of the game, and then it just suddenly goes way too far well and it, it would be yeah. interesting then if bane was playing her as well as gotham pd yeah, to yeah, try yeah. to set himself up in a position where he could remove batman i still also like the idea that it turns out that without batman gotham is screwed because i feel like public perception on batman needs to turn around in the movie yeah. and if we start from a place of batman is publicly batman is the villain then by the end of the movie publicly batman needs to be the hero again yeah, yeah. now greg mentioned you wanted to keep john blake i'm on team scott where i would cut him completely i, I think in so the in, you... i think in the movie that we're devising now um uh keeping him would probably be a little bit too bloated see i, th- I feel like the only way you keep him and this is just just like just to maybe just split this off into uh, like the, the multiverse path is that maybe maybe i feel like the only way you can keep john blake but maybe not john blake maybe cough cough dick grayson is that you maybe set up that Okay, maybe Batman's starting to kind of build this little group around him where now he's got Catwoman and he's got Dick Grayson maybe and and maybe after he gets oh. built it's like I'm transitioning from being Batman but you guys No, that's that's perfect because he, if he starts the movie with a death wish and uh he's losing all, he's like lost his main connection in Rachel and he's grieving over her. Yeah. Then Bringing the Bat family together makes sense. Like, that's him reconnecting with humans and finding the will to live again. Yeah. So having Dick Grayson in the movie, having Catwoman in the movie as personal connections for him, yeah. that works really good. Yeah. That was that was my light bulb moment right there. <laughs> uh, so I'm all for it. Maybe Dick Grayson is, like, one of the few Gotham police officers right off the cuff who still, like... You know, Batman's doing, I feel like Batman's doing more good than bad guys. Yeah. And I don't totally buy that he killed Harvey Dent. Like something's, Commissioner Gordon's cagey about it. Like something's up about this. And so maybe he's like our link, 
one of our focal characters in Gotham PD so that we have someone there besides just Gordon. Right. And also someone who still believes in Batman so that we can kind of follow that journey through his eyes with the public as, again, the public starts to turn around. When Bane takes over the city and everyone's like, oh, crap, it turns out we we really did need Batman. Harvey Dent's memory was not good enough, guys. I'm so, sorry. And you could also make like so I'm going to take all of the Batmans and sort of smash them up together. So maybe what happens is that um, so you add Catwoman, you have, you know, Batman gets his back broken and he's like, okay, I can't Batmans anymore. You're going in, Dick Grayson. And then he becomes sort of like, but Batman or Bruce Wayne's still there kind of in a, in a Batman beyond sort of way, kind of like still in the Batcave, but he sends, so it's still about Batman rising, but now it's about the new Batman. And at the end of the movie, Bruce and Selina can stay, can still go off to Italy. And now you've got Dick Grayson. Hmm. The next Batman. I don't, I don't hate that. I I like I like the movie ending on on. Uh, I really love that shot that the the shot at the end where where Me the too. where the elevator goes up and it's and you just get that the swell of the Batman theme is it. Um, that's kind oh, of that my part, favorite part, part of it. Like. Oh really? Yeah, I feel I I yeah I guess I I feel I feel like I would have liked to. I like the I get it. That's where I it's, I like that idea, but I kind of wonder if we're gonna if you're gonna. If you're gonna make the movie, you, you have to. I feel like you have to make the movie about either wrapping up Batman or introducing a new Batman. I feel like if the trilogy really has been about Bruce, yeah. It, as much as I like your idea, I feel like maybe it really has to be the end of Bruce's story. Yeah, more yeah. than the beginning of. And, Dick's and I, story. I do like the idea. I, I do like that it ended. That that um, everyone thinks that Batman died. That yeah, it's still that still kind of works for me. And but then, he and still that needs to beat. Bane. Like it can't be someone else doing it in his stead. Okay. No fair. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm still I'm still here for Batman beating Bane. But yeah. <laughs> uh but I'm okay with him retiring at the end. I'm willing to concede that. Sure. And I think that's fair. Okay. So, sure. we're, so we're so we're keeping Catwoman. Keeping Catwoman. We've I think talked ourselves into keeping Robin, but renaming him Dick Grayson. Yeah. yeah. Uh focusing up on Bane. I think we've all kind of just so gotten rid of the League of Shadows. See, see the only thing, I guess <laughs> yeah. the only problem with naming him Dick Grayson is is that see the movie's actually smart in like calling him something else. Yeah, uh, because because like, if you know if you know his name then you know who he's going to become, right? So yeah. that like there's no uh, the, the the best part I think the I think the reason that the whole ending kind of works a little bit for me is that is that oh, he was he was this guy all along. He's he's the one that des- deserves to become the next Batman. So Mm-hmm. Hey. Okay. Okay. So I've got. So I. So I. So I have another. I have another. I have a. I have a different movie. A movie ending to pitch to you about this. So maybe instead of John Blake swinging through the waterfall and he finds the thing because he had the thing. What if? So in this version, John Blake is in the movie. But what if? But some. But somehow they. We still sort of established that. That they when Batman Bruce Wayne dies, the orphanage is donated to all the orphan boys in Gotham. So. And credit scene, some of the boys are running around the manor, and a couple of them start, they trip and they find something they're not supposed to, and now you've got some of the boys, they're not aging out anymore because they have the funds they can keep mm-hmm. some of the guys 18. What if, what if, end credit scene instead, if it's John Blake stumbling into the Batcave, it's orphan Dick Grayson finding the Batcave with his younger buddy, Tim Drake. <laughs> their other buddy Jason Todd and his other buddy Jason Todd just a little a little fan service just like hey guys come here and then like and they yeah. find 
I feel like for that to work, then um, they pr- you probably need some sort of kid character for the through line of the movie, just to sort of be probably. A, I, mean, I feel like that's probably more. That's more for fan service. Because so. yeah, because like it doesn't like if it's just the kids finding the finding the Bat Cave, then it, I don't find it as goofy. satisfying. Yeah, uh, I I disagree that you need to preserve the surprise of who he is, um, because I think if you establish that this is like Detective Grayson or Lieutenant Grayson or Sergeant Grayson, whatever he is, right off the cuff. That number one, you can't. You have to assume that some of the audience isn't going to know who Dick Grayson is. Mm-hmm. So who cares? And number two, for the people who do know who he is, they're in, they're immediately going to trust him. So they're going to know this is a guy we can. This is one of our heroes. We can trust him right off the cuff. And I think that that's that serves the movie fairly well. Would you know, you? he's going to be. You he might not be Robining or Nightwinging in the movie, but you know that it's Dick Grayson. He's reliable. He's going to be on Batman's would you, side. Would, would you? Would you be? Would you be smart being to call him like Detective Richard Gray or something like that? Or sure, just to sort of like is this? Wait a minute, yeah, like, make it kind of, obscure, to, I suppose. I, 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 yeah. I just like the reveal. We'll have to de- agree to disagree on that. I feel <laughs> fair enough. I feel like we got to get to our pages. Oh, yeah, and pages yeah, yeah. Of we, we have. Um, we and, and overall, I think we put together a more streamlined. Movie. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Just Batman doesn't just keep coming back again and again and again. Once. That's all we have time for. <laughs> you don't need to see the Phoenix rise again and again. Yes. Um, uh, so uh, every time we're doing a movie on the podcast, folks, we put it out on Instagram, on Twitter, uh, and on Facebook. We ask you, what is one thing you would change? And all of you on planet Earth have changes for this movie. <laughs> yeah, for a movie that made a billion dollars, people have strong opinions yeah, about so things I, that just changed. No, so you you uh, you tabulate these. Is this like the most comments we've gotten on a, on a show? Yes. Yes, it oh, is. Oh, there we go. Beauty. Thank, well, thank you for that. So let's, let's get to all of them. So Matt uh, says... Um, actually, we have two mats right up top. So Matt Bowe says it was easily 30 to 45 minutes too long. Correct. It, and and yet, <laughs> it had too much. It, it didn't have enough movie yeah. to tell the whole story. Weird. Uh, Matthew Jameson says, subtitles for Bane? Question mark. I remember having a really hard time trying to figure out what he was saying most of the time. Did you think that <laughs> I had a strange vocal affectation that was difficult to understand? <laughs> with, the, with the mask? Um, uh, our good buddy Mark says, uh, I still don't get what Bane's plan was. Like, he takes over Gotham, reforms it into some weird society of his own design, then blows it up. I can see the point of doing one or the other, but it seems like a waste of time to me. Yeah, as I mentioned in Agreed. the first half, Bane's plan makes no sense. And you can get away with that with Joker, but Bane needed something a little more solid to I never on. quite understood why there was really no... They didn't really seem like they were interested in leaving... Yeah, you don't t- you don't teach a society a lesson just so that you can blow it up. But also, you either blown. blow it up or teach it a lesson, or be blown up with it. Like it didn't seem like Bane or yeah, or, Talia or and Bane didn't like, really think like, this through. No one's like, we need to get out of here, guys, because this city is gonna go up in smoke. They're just like, ah, whatever, we're fine. It's all good. Yeah, that's we're the league of we're the league of shadows. We just we come back. Uh, Brian Graham says the only thing I didn't like the I didn't like was after his back getting broken. I didn't know the natural rehab for this injury was leaning against a wood beam while someone punches your back. Well, now you know. Yeah, just talk to a physiotherapist, yeah. <laughs> and they'll tell you that repeated back trauma is the way that you just heal. Just uh, get an old stinky rope, maybe the dangly exactly, rope yeah. from, uh, from I Know What You Did Last Summer. Again, hero of the movie. And dangly rope uh, fixes Batman's back. Yeah, that was... Again, I think that's where I talk about this movie's... These movies are made to look and sound and feel so smart that when something dumb like that happens, it's like... Well, and, and you've got it established that Alfred knows first aid. Yes. And uh, so if you have Selena rescue Batman and she 
And he's like, you need to take me to Wade Manor. And she's like, that's weird. Okay. And she goes and Alfred's like, holy shit. And they, they work together to rehab him. That works better than some rando in a pit in a desert. Are you guys familiar with what, like in like the comics, what happens to Batman when this happens? Yeah, he stops Batmaning for a while. Well, no, but like, like actually, so like, so, so for those who didn't read the comics in the, in the, in the story where this happens, um, Batman, Bane wears down Batman by basically letting all of the villains out of the prisons so that Batman has to catch them all. And then, to, so basically to run Batman down so he's nothing, when they finally meet up and fight, he breaks his back and then throws him into the street. Is like, look, I've beaten your champion, toodaloo. Um, and I kind of feel like, I know we're, we're past our changes, but I, kinda, I'm, I almost feel like I, I wish we could shoot that, shoehorn that in some way. Then instead of he goes off to this prison, it's like, yeah, no, he's done. Just throws him in the street like garbage. Well, Scott did say he didn't want uh, the cops to be trapped down in the sewers. So, I mean, we maybe that by in doing so, we probably get rid of the whole sewer thing to begin with. Sewer thing or like the or yeah. like the, 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 the pit that he has to climb out of. Yeah, he can still fight Bane like out in the open. I'm down with that. Yeah. I'm, I'm 100% down with that. And Bane can still like cause a prison break, actually. <laughs> Yeah. That does work, especially if he if, he, if he in the, fact does in this yeah, movie. Well, yeah. yeah, but I mean, I'm I'm still down for him doing that, is what I'm saying. Because again, part of part of my vision for the movie, at least, was that without Batman, the police are screwed. Yeah, and it's something that they didn't realize for the last couple of years that yeah. they've been chasing Batman. They thought the Dent Act was the thing that had had given them the upper hand over crime in Gotham. It turns out, no, it really was Batman the whole time. Yeah. So, like, I'm, I'm still, I'm still here for that. Uh, Stephanie Chan says, "I don't know if Bane told the tale about the child that climbed out of the pit enough times. Wish he could go over it a few more times." You adopted the dog, but I was born. Yeah, goodness. Uh, uh, Brian R says, "A uh, uh, bit of a tighter story, more Batman, better, com- better hand-to-hand combat choreography." Still love the film, though. We we only kind of touched on this in our changes, but during the break, Colin and I were actually discussing how Batman does too much fighting in yes, this movie. Yes, he's too and much not punch enough, man. Not enough gadgeting. Yeah. All he does is he, he shows, like, those... He, he does show those little... Throw little pixie bombs at Bane. Bane's, like, whatevs. But, I mean, in the, like, in the first movie, like, they establish he has all these little gizmos and toys, and that's the whole part of, of being in the League of Shadows is to use, you know, theatrics and deception and all this other stuff. And then in the Dark Knight, he just becomes Bat Punch Man. Yeah. And as established, Bane is the one villain you can't outpunch. Yeah, you can't outpunch Bane. Uh, you, you do need to outsmart him, and using your gadgets and yeah. some trickery and some misdirection yes. works. Yeah. So do that. Yeah. We use that. I'm sure that little thing in the boot still works. There's yeah. bats around. The first time it, it, he fights it, 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 Bane, he thinks he can punch him, and Bane destroys him. Yeah, <laughs> he like literally punches his helmet off of him. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's uh, you know. I think it's actually it like even if he tries theatrics on Bane in the first fight and they don't work, and then he has to like re like take it to a whole nother level in yeah. the final fight. It's like I think that would be satisfying. And that yeah. that works with Batman's mo like canonically as well because batman might lose the first fight but he shows up better prepared to the second fight yes and he wins the second as fight. opposed to just i'm gonna take all you cops and punch you all in broad daylight <laughs> and that's it yeah i'm gonna punch your little straw off your face <laughs> and then you can't breathe then i'll punch you some more <laughs> and then stabby in the in the in the belly um Jeff, uh, Jeff, oh, Jeff's got lots. Jeff uh, wrote a novel. Jeff says, tough to follow such a solid second act. 
both felt a bit too long and such like they, like they had to jam too many things in the movie similar to Spider-Man 3 if I had some notes I would try to rate Bane out of the movie well what that's uh, the one thing we just kept. make the architect <laughs> just make the architect of, of Gotham siege unknown uh, Batman still has to come back as Gotham's anti-hero tangles with Catwoman tries to feel who the big bad is maybe I'll working with Jordan and uh, with oh, sorry Gordon and uh, Jordan Gorse uh, Jordan <laughs> Joseph Gordon Levin yeah JJ yeah. <laughs> John Blake uh, he has a romance with Wayne Enterprise, the CEO. She, of course, would still end up being Talia Ral Ghul and the one behind it, the attempted destruction of Gotham. Ditching Bane would also free up some time with the dual Bruce Miranda, Batwoman, Catwoman romance. Maybe that creates a whole which part of her, his personality is more authentic, which allows him to make the best decisions. Okay, I like her. I can see where he's going here. I'm, I'm okay with keeping the <coughs> League of Shadows if you ditch Bane, but I think Bane makes for the stronger through line in the movie sure. which is why I wanted to ditch sure. the lead we asked one one thing Jeff would you change <laughs> uh, if I only changed one thing about the existing movie it would be given Bane a little more to do in his death scene it just kind of happens and I don't recall it being a really big moment for him Batman yeah. or even Kevin yeah, for all the build up he, he withers pretty fast yeah. in the third he act he gets, just gets blowed up um, Andrew says uh, it was far too bloated by its for his, by its own success and negatively affected by the death of Heath, Le- Leather, uh, Le- Heath Ledger, who almost certainly w- would have been a part of it. The original Nightfall story, where Batman essentially wears Batman down, where Bane wears Batman down after destroying him, would be would have been better. Um, the Talia twist was telegraphed from a while mile away, and essentially a stunt since it didn't deal with Bruce's relationship with her in any meaningful way. Yeah, there is enough stuff in here for three movies. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why we ditched the Talia stuff. There we go. Jeff. Or we'll just... <laughs> uh, or we'll just... Wrong! Uh, Wrong again, uh, Jeff! Uh, well, that was that was Andrew. But now we can just make we can make another trilogy now. Um, Caleb says, uh, Make Blackgate an island prison and make Bane a prisoner who suffered a longer and more brutal sentence as a direct result of the Dent Act. Oh, I like that idea. Bane will leave Batman there along with the other political enemies and destroy the bridge going in and out. It can be a mystery where Batman is until he escapes if that helps attention. This gives us real, a very real consequence to the previous movie and is a good allegory about how over-policing can create a uh, facade of peace while creating more turmoil and creating more criminals in the long run. Which, I mean, we're, we're, yeah. we're kind of playing with on our... You want this movie version. to say something? You want it to have something to say? Well, this movie did, it did, it did, it did try to tie in different things like, like, um, like you know, this, Occupy Wall Street. And yeah, 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 yeah. This is supposed to have. Um, and the class warfare between the rich and the poor. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, it's, so it did, it did kind of muddles a lot of those messages, yeah. though. It didn't really go anywhere. Yeah, though. Anne Hathaway's line about leaving so little for the rest of us is genuinely pretty good. Yeah. And especially in context of the time the movie was made. Yeah. It's a pretty, pretty um, solid line. Uh, Herman says, uh, make uh, Health Ledger, uh, Heath Ledger literally alive. Um, that left the Joker plotline dangling, literally and figuratively in the Dark Knight, because the third movie was going to be the Joker's trial, and that would have been great. Yes, it would have. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I never thought about that. That would have been... Alas, that is from an alternate world that we don't live in. Yeah. Because so, we live in the darkest timeline. Uh, Evan uh, from the Kino Lefter podcast, cutting the Matthew Modine character and, and scrapping the clean slate motivation along with Daggett gives us a better runtime and more focused narrative. Give Selena something more human than a MacGuffin as a motivator. I think that's exactly what we did. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> I actually forgot about those <laughs> two characters. <laughs> So long, uh, MacGuffins. And uh, the Riddler wasn't the villain. Uh, Abdul says, uh, the Riddler wasn't the villain. They went big instead of going small. Should have been a more intimate story than the end of the world one. Which kind of felt like. I don't disagree. Yeah, I mean, Batman has such a robust rogues gallery. You could have really gone with anyone. Would the Riddler have felt a bit too much like the Joker? The Joker? All over uh, I that, think so. That's, that might be too close. Yeah. Because all about yeah. games and little, yeah, trying to figure out stuff. Like, and Bane was never 
really solidly executed on previously because he was just a mindless like Frankenstein monster the last time we saw him in a film. Yeah. So, <laughs> did you remember he was in that movie? Because he was. Yeah. I believe he said burn all the time. That's pretty much was his only line, right? But more or less, yes. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, yeah, so there we go. Uh, thank you, everyone, for your comments. That was uh, We got a lot of comments. Yeah, is, we got th- through those a lot faster than I think. Yeah. Good, good reading, Colin. Good yeah, job. I, I, I do my very, very best. Uh, I think we got, we got uh, time to wrap that up. Um, you can uh, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram on I Have Some Notes. If you like the show, please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes. It really helps us out. You can find our episodes on the CKOA radio app. Download it from the Apple App Store. Uh, remember to check out our brother and sister shows all over the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATV. Uh, we host uh, new episodes every two weeks, uh, so stay tuned. The next movie is uh, it is the uh, it is going to be a movie I think is long time coming. We're going to be doing Green Lantern. I believe it's the end of this season of I Have Some Notes, and it's also my last show <gasps> is in the podcast chair for I Have Some Notes. But we'll sad, be, sad time. Uh, but uh, we've got we've got some exciting things planned. Yeah. So and uh, uh, and and we'll elucidate more on that in the next episode. Yeah. So in the meantime, uh, don't go to a chiropractor if all he has is dangly rope hanging around in the closet. Keep watching those guys. For <laughs> Keep watching those guys for bats. He wasn't a plane. We ask these children if they know when to go to emergency and when there are other options. If you got in a car accident or like having trouble breathing, I would go to emergency if I had a really bad hockey skate cut on the neck. They're there to treat people that are really sick or really hurt. If you have an emergency or if you're not sure, we're here to help. Know your options. Call HealthLink at 811 or visit ahs.ca slash options.